Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Uh, let's dive back into this. Uh, I want to look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 again. I'll say a couple things in review, and then we'll just jump right back into it. Uh, but Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. I thank you that you've, all, you, you've already heard the prayers of your saints um, an hour before we even started service. And then, Father, I know they've been in prayer. And so, Lord, we just operate in faith knowing that this is, place has been saturated with the prayers of the saints with expectation. And so we thank you, Lord, that we'll all be just uh, yielded and willing vessels to receive by the Spirit of God. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're going to do what King Jesus said you would do. It's your assignment, so you're obligated to obey. And he said, now, when he comes, that is the Spirit of truth, he's going to cause all things to come to our remembrance. He's going to guide us into all truth. He's going to teach us all things, and he's going to disclose things to come. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you do those things. You speak to our spirit so that it will renew our minds, so that our minds will think in line with the will and plan of God for our lives. For it can be discovered. For Paul wrote that we have the mind of Christ. So we can discover God's will. And we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, in Matthew chapter 6, you know it says when he says, pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be on earth as it is in. Okay, so what does he want done on earth? His will to be done. And, and if his will's done, then his kingdom's going to manifest, which tells us in that whatever's happened in heaven that he wants done on earth can be heard in the earth from heaven. If we could not know his will, then, we, then, then he has set us up for failure, right? And again, it's easier to take the religious kind of uh, attitude, and I say religious because, again, belief system, so please don't take this wrong. Uh, everybody has religion because everybody has a belief system. But usually when we use this term religion, right, because even the church uses this because we say relationship over religion. We say that, you know, we don't, we have a relationship with God. I mean, we say these things, okay? And, um, but, you know, typically when we think religion, we'll think about, you know, like uh, Islam or we'll talk about Hinduism and Buddhism, you know? We're like, these people have a religion. They're, they're religious. So they're believing stuff that's not real. It's not, um, that's not alive. It can't really change their lives, Right? But then if we don't watch out, or you, you, I'm sure you've experienced this because I have myself, where someone's like, well, I don't know what God wants to do. I can't figure it out. You know, he's just going to do it anyway. He's in control. So, you know, basically I'm on autopilot, right? In fact, they sing songs like this, Jesus take the will. And Jesus is not taking the will. I'm just going to let you know that. He's not going to take the will. You're going to have to drive. Now, I, when I say that, your mind may go, oh, okay, so you're going to tell God what to do. No, because you don't know where you're going. Now, let's just do a quick test real quick. If you got in your vehicle today and you did not know where you're going, but you had an address, 
Okay. You get an address, you put it in your GPS or your phone. If you've never been there before, and all of a sudden it gives you directions that then you say go. I think the Lord just said go. Which means if he gives you a heading, that's an, you don't know what the roads are going to be like. You don't know how much traffic's going to be there. I mean, you may look ahead if you can and determine. We don't know what trials are going to be along the highway, you understand. I don't even like taking the interstate anymore because it seems like everybody's packed on it, you know. And then, then if something happens, it's like three hours. In fact, my son Chase and uh, Joshua, they were going to um, Tulsa. Was it last year, Chase? I don't know where he's at. But uh, I think they was going last year for um, uh, you were with them, Brad, right? Y'all had left to go to camp meeting. They got on the on-ramp at 95 in St. Augustine off of Highway 16. The next exit's five miles, which they're not getting off on, but it's five miles. Before they could even get to the next exit, they were stuck in traffic for two hours. I told Chase, I said, you probably should have used the emergency lane, man. <laughs> I, did just, I think I might have used the emergency lane and just got on off that deal. So they had a heading. They hit the GPS. We're going to Tulsa. And it told them this particular route but didn't inform them that the minute you get here, a wreck's going to happen, so we can't tell you it's going to happen yet. And now we got a trial. My point is, is that you still drive following the direction. So Jesus does not drive for you. He gives you the directions, and you are to follow. See, the Bible tells us that we are children of God and that we are led by the Spirit of God. Nowhere does it say that Jesus does it for us. Now, Jesus did what we couldn't do, which what Jesus did was the will of the Father for his life. Jesus did the will of his Father. That's what he did, which is which that's the example that we really should be learning the most. You know, Jesus definitely lived moral. Jesus never sinned. He didn't blow it. But the reason he didn't do all those things is because he always did what dad said. So when we say we need to follow the example of Jesus, then do whatever dad says. Because that's the chief thing he did. And when he, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say debated. He just asked the question. Father, if there's any other way this cup can, you know, we can do this. If this cup can pass, but yet not my, but your will be done. So the greatest lesson we learn from Jesus is obey dad. Now, how did Jesus obey dad? By the leading of the Holy Ghost. How do we know this? In Matthew chapter 3, when he's baptized in the Jordan, he comes up out of it. We know we talked about it yesterday. The anointing came on him. He's the king. He has the anointing upon him, right? He said, the Lord, look how the Lord anointed me with the whole, uh, uh, anointed me, right? And so we know ultimately in Acts, it tells us that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And so he is, he, after that event, the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased Chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus being led. Jesus didn't say, Holy Ghost, now you listen to me. Okay. 
Now, I'm not telling you that Jesus is not talking to the Holy Ghost now and telling him what to do. He is, because he is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus said, now, when he comes and I depart, when he goes, he said, again, it's to your advantage that I leave so that he can come. Now, when he comes, he's going to tell you things I say. But while he was man in the earth, God, who emptied himself of his glory and became man, uh, uh, operated like a man anointed of God, he followed the Holy Spirit. And it said Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit, went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So we ourselves, then, are to be led by the Spirit. Jesus doesn't take the will. We have the will. He's telling us through the Spirit our GPS, our heading, where we're going. And we should be just as confident to follow God like we do our GPS. Because I have to admit, the screen's pretty small. And it doesn't show me all the curves coming. And sometimes I want to shrink it a little bit. Right? Sometimes I'll get going. I'm like, like today, I dropped my wife off uh, at a place to shop, and I wanted a cup of coffee. And so, you know, Starbucks was lined up forever. So I'm like, forget that. So I found another local one in the town we were at, and uh, it was only 1.5 miles. So it had gave me a couple options because I have on my GPS to avoid highways. Because when I go camping, I don't want to go down the highways. I want to go the back roads, you know. I mean, we're going off the beaten path. I don't want to see trees, you know, that's just stuck on the interstate, right? I don't want to do that. I, I don't want semis blowing past me constantly. I just, let's take the road less traveled. So I have to get it over to the fastest one then. And it was 1.5 miles. You know, I didn't study them, but I got a, you know, glimpse. I hit one and um, not paying attention to what it was. Next thing you know, I'm going away that in my mind I'm thinking, this doesn't seem right. This does not seem right. But I couldn't shrink it on my phone to see where I was going. So I just had to trust the voice. I had to trust the voice. And mine happens to be a British voice. <laughs> My butler tells me where to go. And so I'm following his voice. He tells me to turn right at this street and turn left at this street. Never been on these streets before. Never seen these streets before. Didn't know what I was going to encounter. But I trusted the voice was going to get me to my destination. And it sure did. Hallelujah. Then when I went back and said, how come this seemed different? Then I realized the first one I thought I was going to take initially was the one that would have put me back on the interstate to go to a different exit. And it helped me avoid the highways. Are you hearing me? Okay. So the kingdom of God then, these keys that we have, they are, um, we are access. We are, we down on earth are the ones doing the work that we're hearing from heaven. Let's say it that way. Okay. Heaven has done a work. Heaven will come down. But as far as God showing himself in the earth, he's using us. Now, I know we're not limited. I understand he can still use angels. I get that. But angels are not the ones that are commissioned to go tell people about Jesus. Because if they were, then you know what? We could get born again and shot up out of here and we could be done. I mean, don't you think the Father loves us enough that he doesn't want us stuck down on a planet full of sin? If he's got his angels doing all the, the ministry, 
Well, he left you in this thing knowing that as bad as it is, it's no big deal to you. I mean, when you think about it, you, if you take the time to think about when Jesus came, uh, if we just do this just in the natural, okay, if you find someone that you knew used to be on fire for God, right, but then they got pulled away, you know, it's not like a long time that they are out of church that they're like living like they were never in church. Isn't that amazing? That the minute they kind of quit coming to church, they start compromising, doing things they weren't supposed to do. And that's like can happen within months, actually. For some people, years at the max, you know, it's as if they're not doing anything for God. Well, imagine an earth that God's not talking for 400 years. And that's the difference between Malachi and coming into the New Testament, Matthew. There was this 400 period where God just quit talking to the prophets, everyone. We're talking about, and they called it the dark ages. Well, it's dark because without light being spoken. So can you understand the climate Jesus gets inserted in? But the father had no problem putting him in that environment because he knew who he was and what he possessed was more than enough to overcome that environment. So if Jesus got came to earth and discovered himself and realized he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and God tells him he is, and began to operate in the power of God like we are to operate in the power of God, and he was not intimidated with the sin of the world, then we shouldn't be intimidated either. The difference between Jesus and I, us is that he knew how to access the keys. And again, we saw yesterday that the keys of the kingdom are knowledge. There's one master key, it's Jesus Christ. It opens up the master key box, and in it are all the other keys, okay? Jesus gives us access to everything else, everything. That's why the Bible says that his promises, plural, are what? Yes and amen. So again, is Jesus the one that gets it all? Yes, but he's not the the only key we use in this context, he is the master key that then opens doors to all other keys that he wants you to discover within his kingdom. Because as Jesus himself says that he'll give, I will give you the keys. Okay, put that up there. Put Matthew uh, 16, 19. It's very important because people get sideways when when we say, when you know Jesus is the key, well, Jesus can, Jesus himself says, there are other keys, and I'm going to give them to you. So you're really arguing with Jesus when you're like, Jesus, I want you to do it. Again, my, these are my, uh, my Jeep keys. My son will be bringing it home tomorrow, and um, I can give him these keys. But if he shows up without it somehow, which would be interesting, you know, he's like, well, Dad, I thought you were going to drive it. It's yours. Well, sure, it's mine, but I gave you the keys. So I would be disappointed if he didn't bring my vehicle home. And then he would blame me because it didn't get there. Okay. Y'all doing all right? I mean, is this just too practical? I mean, it's practical and it's so simple, but this is how spiritual things work. That if you'll just apply this spiritually about these keys, just like we do natural ones. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. And he would give these natural examples. And if you know what spiritual truth he's talking about, 
then you know you can get it. And I'm telling you right now, these keys are no different. They're no different. I would be absolutely disappointed that if he showed back up and says, well, you know, it's yours. How come you should bring it? I mean, I'd be looking for another volunteer. <laughs> are you hearing me? All right. So there are keys, plural, which means not just one key. Uh, unlocks and locks. So Jesus Christ alone is not the only key you use, is what I'm saying. He's the master key that opens up all the other keys that you have access to. And they're labeled. There's a healing key, a deliverance key, a joy key, a financial key, provision key, we could call it, right? There are all these keys, freedom keys. Hey, there's a patience key. And it's not a bad deal to get patience. And let me just say it this way. Patience already is in you because it's a fruit of the Spirit. Well, don't pray to God for, for patience. So you're kicking the Holy Ghost out. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy. What's that third one? Right? Patience is in there. So if you're thinking, man, don't ask the Lord for more patience, you're just saying, don't give me any more of the Holy Ghost. But religiously, we think if we pray for that, we get more trials. I just heard this today, and I was like, they don't even know the Bible. Hallelujah. So um, we need to find out these keys. We understand that these keys are knowledge, which means then you cannot have a key unless you are renewed in your mind to the things of God. Are you hearing me? And it's really no different than me taking one of my keys here. Because, again, if I threw them down, other than the one that says Jeep on it, that's probably pretty self-explanatory, right? The only difference is there may be more than one Jeep in the parking lot, so you would have to figure out which Jeep it fit, correct? Because this key does not access every Jeep, but it does access the one I have, okay? And there's, because of, you know, technology today, it's kind of easy. You don't actually have to go to each door. That'd take a little bit longer, right? But that's why we seek. But good news is today, you just go out there and you start pushing a button and it beeps. Like, oh, there it is. Now, you do that based upon the fact that you pushed a button and you heard a response. But you didn't see it leave this and go to the vehicle. So the minute you see the lights blink and the um, horn beep, you're like firmly persuaded, that's mine. You don't go and say, gosh, I sure hope this is Pastor Earl's Jeep. I sure hope so. I mean, it, it's given the appearance it is. It beeped. It flashed at me, but I just don't know. We don't act like that. We get firmly persuaded that's the vehicle. So when you have a key of the kingdom, if you have a key, one of, it, one of the keys, then you're not like debating with God whether or not it's going to open that door or not and whether it's really going to work or not or whether it's going to happen or not. Because when you have the key, you know, I got the key. This thing's going to work, period. And again, God gave me the key. I didn't do this. But God gave me the key, and who am I to tell God now his key doesn't work? 
right? I mean, you, Pastor Earl, is this your key? Yeah, I don't think it is. Okay. I mean, really? You are going to do this right now. We're going to debate over whether this works my vehicle or not. I'm not convinced. You know how many Jeep keys I've seen in my lifetime? I don't care how many Jeep keys you've seen in your lifetime. Right? I don't care. Maybe you got the one key that the battery is dead and it didn't work. So all of a sudden now none of them work. And this is how it is. Something doesn't work like we saw in the word and then we say, well, since it didn't, then it doesn't. Instead of saying, well, maybe there's a dead battery somewhere. Maybe we got a loose connection. Maybe something, we got to figure this because this should be working. And again, like I said, with your own vehicle, when you push that button, say it's unlocked, even though, you know, you don't have to physically put it in, you grab that handle as if it's done. You activate it. You act on it. It's like there's no way it can be locked. I push the button. It has to happen. And if it didn't, you'd be shocked. You'd be mad if it didn't. We should be more upset that our faith wasn't happening, not not like trying to explain it away. Why? We're like, no, no, this, this works. That's called the good fight of faith. <laughs> this works. So I don't know what's happening right now, but this works. I mean, you'll push that button three or four more times before you'll convince the battery and it's dead even. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. All right. So these are the keys. And as we said, you know, we had skeleton keys. We talked about skeleton keys for our skeleton people out here. Then we went into these kind of keys, you know, the little hard keys. And again, if I went to you besides my Jeep key, I could tell you this, this key right here. It's got a little line on it. And I say, now listen, when you come to St. Augustine, you can take this key right here, and this opens up the door to my office, okay? Now you know. Before, if I said this opens the keys, one of these opened the key to my office, all you know is one does. And that's enough information to still get in. But it's going to do some work. But then if I get really specific, say it's this one. Well, would you go to the door and say, I don't know. He told me it was this, but I'm going to try this one instead. We don't do that. Notice how we do not do this, but yet the Lord says, well, this is the way. Well, I don't know if that's how I should do that. Okay. I mean, this is what happened with a man that got healed. The great soldier, Naaman, wasn't that his name? Shows up because he hears there's a prophet. Because a girl said, there's a prophet in Israel. He goes to the king and he's like, y'all trying to start war with us? Oh my gosh, only God can heal. Went to the prophet, he wouldn't even come out and see the man. It's like your key, you're pushing a button. Wouldn't even come see the man. He said, just go tell him to dip down into the Jordan River seven times. He gave him the key. And what did he do? That key ain't going to work. This is stupid. I mean, if, if the key is, is getting in water, why don't I go back to the beautiful pools that I left? And that's the problem. You want to cut your own key. And the Lord just says, I'm unlocking the health care system of the kingdom in your life. And thank God his servant was at least smart enough to say, now listen, you go back and cut your own keys if you want to, but I don't think they're going to work. I'm just saying, if he had told you to do something like super, 
adventurous, you know, like it could cost you a lot. You'd have been doing But he'd give you something simple like this. I mean, don't you think you should just do it? It's like we want to pick locks instead of just getting the key to open it. Well, I get in. <laughs> then when that doesn't work, you start going, <laughs> start trying to bang on the door, right? You go, ah, I'm going to bust this door down no matter what. Right? And the Lord's like, I just give you a key, man. <laughs> I don't know why you're working so hard. I just give you the key. Right? And again, the kingdom of heaven and the keys of the kingdom to access it are not manipulated. You can't manipulate your way in. It's not moved by emotions. So your frustration, your anger, your anxiety, it's got to be done now. Are we going to die? Lord's like, okay. Yeah, I had another family come to me over that. I just finished a book about this, actually, called The King is Calling. <laughs> Jesus, Lazarus, man, he's sick. He's about to die. He's like, yeah, it's not sickness unto death. We're going to stay here a couple of days. Right? He already had the key. They get back and like, dude, he's dead. Oh, my gosh, if Jesus only, oh. Then Jesus shows up, and he's been in the grave four days. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. And they're like, you've lost your mind. We came to you with the healing key. We knew you had it. Jesus said, I got the resurrection key. <laughs> right? So we get all flustered because we may know God can do it in this situation. If he don't move in this time, then he can't do nothing. All right. Keys of the kingdom. So what were the characteristics of the keys we talked about? We talked about keys or by which the kingdom of God operates. This is how it operates. And I'm telling you right now, it's just like, again, if you were in a conversation, I said, hey, um, you know, I want you to go get something out of my vehicle, you know, and I assumed it was unlocked, and you went and can't get it. So then you're like going, you know, and you start talking to somebody, right? And, I, and, and I'm like, hey, would you go get it, right? Or whatever. Um, and then I push the button without your knowledge. Then you go back and you open it. You think, well, it just happened. And this is what's happening a lot of times. We think things are just happening with God. But you don't understand there's a lot of people in the world that God talks to about situations and they pray for. What I'm saying, there's a lot of keys that are being accessed and you're unaware of it. I mean, have you ever prayed for a family member that they weren't feeling good and they didn't know how, but you prayed to God and they got it? Well, it's not because the key wasn't activated. You know, somebody had a need. And then, oh, the Lord came through. But you know somebody prayed or somebody sowed that and gave it and wanted to remain anonymous. Somebody activated the key. People getting born again. Somebody's praying to the Lord of the harvest. We're activating the key. So there's a lot of keys that are actually unlocking and locking heaven all the time that people just assume God's in control of that when what God is doing is communicating to his child that has a set of key rings and say, do this and do that. 
This is why some of you, you when you go to prayer, it's like you start hearing stuff. It's because God knows that you know how to access. Right? And listen, there's enough that all of us should get our own set of keys is what I'm saying. Because if you don't get your own set of keys, then you're, you're subject to the one who has the set of keys. All right? So keys are principles. They're laws. That means it's how it's uh, enforced by the governing authority. Because, again, if the Lord locks it, I mean, if, if he says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, then make no mistake about it. It's bound. Can't happen. I've used this key for the property and in St. Augustine, 2121 U.S. 1 South. I bound that property up. When the Lord told me that we were going, I bound it. The minute he said it was ours, well, then who can take it? Now, a lot of people showed up. Make no mistake about it. It took us just five years to raise it, but we were on the property 12 years before we finally purchased. And there were many people who came by before they were even willing to sell it to try to buy it from the ownership in the first place. But I knew I bound this thing up. It can't, nobody can get it. And I was unmoved by that because the key works. I didn't get emotional when I heard someone's talking. I didn't get emotional when they brought an entourage of people coming through looking at the place. I didn't get emotional or upset or distraught. I just reminded the Lord, you said that this was going to be ours. We bound that. It's bound. Nobody can buy it. Just as confident as I am that I'm going to unlock my vehicle, I'm going to get in that thing, I'm going to push my little button. Don't know how it's starting to little, how that a little bitty key fob is talking to my starter in the first place. Have no idea how that works. But by faith, I'm firmly persuaded because I got those elements together and I do my part. To activate that key, I will be at 29 Deerwood Street tonight in my bed, ready to preach at Anchor Faith Church, St. Augustine tomorrow. Hallelujah. I'm firmly persuaded. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if we can take that firm persuasion on how we use just our set of keys now to where we get one of God's keys, then see the devil's on the run. You'll quit talking about the devil coming after you. You'd be like, I got a key. It's called shut up and come out. <laughs> it's my shut up, come out key. <laughs> right? Because I submit to God, you have to flee. So I got a shut up, come out key, a flee key. Right? You're under my feet key. No weapon formed against me shall prosper key. <laughs> How about this one? Remind you anything, Mr. Devil? Because the chain's coming by one angel, and he's going to chain you up and throw you into a bottomless pit. And you're going to have that little torture moment for a while before Jesus lets you go for a little bit, then throw you in the lake of fire, which is the second death. Are you hearing me? So the devil's really going to know about global warming. Before it's all over with. <laughs> it's going to get really hot. Really hot. Keys are systems. They activate function, they initiate action, and then we said keys cannot be substituted by feelings, emotions, wishful thinking, or manipulation. All right, we're going to go through seven properties of keys real quick. Ready? And I want you to get these, get them in your spirit so that we can lock some things down tonight and unlock some things. 
I need you to get active in this. Some demonstrations in your own personal life. Because when we start going through these things, if you're like, man, that's my answer. Well, then you hold that key because later tonight we're going we're gonna to use that key. Okay? The first uh, thing that a, a key represents, we're gonna, again, I'm going to give some properties of keys. The first property a key represents is it represents access. It represents access. Again, if you have keys, you can access, right? Not everybody has access uh, to this building. But some have keys to access, and they can access it 24 hours a day. Let me show you another little key. It's a cool little key I have. Oh, sorry. Just got to see my face. Which is a key. I'm covering it. Okay done too much and I was going to ask for the code but when you do your face so much I don't know if I can remember the code so let's start again there it is I think I do remember though okay this is a key my iPad if it comes in is it on the front row let me see if it comes in hallelujah you try to do an illustration right yeah here we go okay right here this is called access see this right here this is an alarm app, and that means the system is armed at Anchor Faith Church, St. Augustine. I can disarm it from here. Maybe you're running too slow, so maybe I shouldn't play around right now. <laughs> alarm would go off, and Pastor Brandon would be like, what's going on? Okay. See, I can hit this disarm button right now, and from Valdosta, I can, uh, I can loose. Access to the mall. And then I can bind it by rearming it. Now, if man has this kind of technology where I'm in a whole nother state, but you understand, I can be all the way around the other side of the world and do this. I cannot confirm I can do it in outer space because I've never been out there. But I feel confident as long as there is a signal, then I would be able to do that. Well, we are spirit beings and we have a signal. I said we, have a, we are spirit beings, we have a signal. And there's nowhere that we can't access heaven. So it's access. Keys give us access. Now, I'm not telling you what the keys are because keys are, as I've said, healing. Keys are provision. Keys are. I'm telling you these are the properties of keys because if you need access to healing, keys will get it. If you need to be healed, keys can get you access. If you need to get to God's hospital, you can have access because that's what keys do. So, well, let's see a few scriptures that show us that these keys give us access. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the King James Version says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, notice, you got a need. You need help. But he tells you when that happens, when the situation arrives in your life, that you need help, right? Because you have a need. You need mercy to manifest. How do you come before the throne? 
whining and crying, begging boldly. Now, why would you do that? Because God don't want his kids coming, begging him. He wants them to come and say, Dad, I need a key. Because, Dad, you brought me into this kingdom. You died for me. You poured out your blood for me. You washed me in the blood. You brought me out of the domain of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of your beloved son. You call me a child of God. And I'm not the, 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 the child that you don't care about. I'm not the one that you put out on the shelf. I'm not like the worst one of the whole bunch. There's a lot of things you could say, but I won't reference them anymore. Because, you know, at the bottom line is you are a child of God now. And he loves us all equally. And he never asks his kids to come beggarly. That's religion teaching you that. That's religion telling you to drag your old sinful self to the throne. No, when you were a sinner, you threw yourself down on the mercy seat of God, and he, by his grace, empowered you, cleaned you up, kicked the spirit of the man out that was in total rebellion, and put a new spirit on the inside of you, calls you a child of God, puts a, throne, a, a robe on you and a ring on you and gives you a scepter and a crown. And he said, now come on to the throne, son. When you got a need, I got a key. I got a key. Hallelujah. Because my daddy's the best daddy ever. And it's, he's chosen gladly, we said last night, to give me the kingdom. And if he's chosen gladly to give me the kingdom, the only way to access it is through his keys. Then you know he's excited to say, well, here's the key, son. And the minute he gives me the key, now it's my responsibility to use it. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.18. For through him we uh, both have our access in one spirit to the Father. We have access. We have access. Man, when you begin to pray, when you begin to read the word, you're like boldly going before the throne of grace. Lord, teach me. Show me. Give me the knowledge of a key. Show me how I can overcome this situation. How do I get this, your will, into my life of this circumstance, this situation? How do I get heaven's will to manifest through me and in me in the earth? Give me the key. That unlocks or locks this situation. Are you hearing me? Ephesians 3.12. Told you I was going to give three for each example. Here's the third one. Is this, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Confident access. Again, people who do not know who they are in Christ and do not realize that their daddy loves them so much and wants to give them the keys of the kingdom so they can operate them by faith will call a confident child of God arrogant. But the reality is, is I'm not arrogant. Dad said I could have. Because again, he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Meaning, I didn't even... I can't even tell you what to do. I have to hear from heaven what to do. And the minute heaven tells me what to do, then I'm just acting on heaven's will. So if I said, well, that's bound. That's heaven's will. Well, now, brother, we don't know what heaven's will is. Yes, you can. You call, you're calling Jesus a liar. Seek, and ye shall not seek, and I'll show a lot of my kids. But you are an exception, Chris Musgrove. I don't know, man. Right? I mean, he doesn't do this. Now, we act like that. 
Well, I just can't feel. God just ain't letting me know nothing. I just can't hear from God. Yeah, Jesus said, my sheep always hear my voice. So you'd have to first conclude, are you, are you not a sheep? Now, we don't want to admit that, right? So then let's get it right. But this is what reading the Bible and studying does for us. It empowers us. This is why Anchor Faith churches all over the globe, as many as we have, and all of us that are part of it, are going to change the world because we're going to come boldly before God. We're going to know and learn our access. We're not going to be sheepishly in the context that we are acting like we're beat down and no good. He delivered us from that existence. Now he's empowered us as kings, and he wants to rule with us. See, he said we're co-laborers with Christ. So give me the key so I can do my part, Lord. I want to hear from heaven and bring heaven's will. Ask, right, and you'll find. Seek, seek and you'll find. Ask, and it'll be get. Not, it might. Not really sure. Knock. And he's going to laugh behind the door and say, just keep knocking because you're just not worthy enough. In every one of those occasions, in fact, the verb in that, you know, when it says ask, seek, knock, it has this repetition, which means ask and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking. Meaning you just keep on till you get the answer. Because, Lord, you told me to keep asking, and i got to find. You said seek, I'm going to find. Ask, you're going to give me the answer. You said knock, you're going to open the door. So I'm, I'll be right here all night if that is. Problem is we don't stay in it all night. Knock, knock. Well, I guess you don't want me. I mean, we abandon God giving because we don't get it when we want. Then we go try to cut our own key and it doesn't work. All right, the next thing that keys represent is it represents, you know, these are the properties of keys. The second thing keys operate is power. Power. Look at this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was, was with him, not doing it for him. He was with him. And how was he with him? He anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus like, this, you, you see the stuff that's happening in me? The power that's coming out of me? He gave me the key. He's given me the key to cast out. He's given me the key to heal. He's given me the key to raise. So I have the power. See, you have power. When you have the key, right? I mean, again, if I um, if I um, said, said to Pastor Mark, "Hey, listen, uh, I, I want to come. I'm going to come over to your house," and he said, "Okay, yeah, I'll be there in a little bit." Okay, well, guess what? He has the power to keep me outside the house as long as he wants to, because he's the one who's got the key. He holds the power to entry, and I'm waiting on him. I can't access because he has the power. Are you hearing me? He goes on and says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive what? Power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. John 14, 12 says it this way. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do what? Man, I mean, how do we act like this is not obtainable? I'm starting to preach myself hot, so I'm going to take this off. Right, how in the world does this escape us? 
I mean, we're, we're basically calling Jesus a liar when we're saying we can't do what you're doing. Now, notice what he said. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, I will do it through him too. Well, it doesn't say that. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, I can only do them and you can't. Doesn't say that. Listen, you got to understand, Jesus is not intimidated with you acting like him. Number one, you need to understand you're not him. You know that. I know that. I've not died for anybody. I don't have to die for the world. I'm not going to die on a cross for humanity. That's been done. Can't top that. It's over. That's finished. I'm not God in the flesh. But God lives in me, and I am of his nature now, a child of God. And if he says I can do what big brother Jesus did, anointed of the Holy Ghost, then who am I to argue with dad and tell him he's a liar? Well, my religion would argue, and my religion would give away my keys. Because the devil doesn't want me to operate like Jesus. See, this is why Jesus knew that if the church got it, I mean, the world wouldn't stand a chance. But you've got to understand this. We kind of have misconceptions. We think if we did everything Jesus did, everyone's getting saved. Did everybody get saved when Jesus was here? No. Because not everybody, even when confronted with God, is not going to turn to God. But they know they have been around God. Now, you're not God, the God. But you are a little God in the context you are a child of God. Remember what Paul said? He said, even your poets say, uh, you are gods. What he's trying to communicate is, I'm of the nature of the God. When Adam received the spirit, it was breathed on through that, you know, dust suit that God made, formed. He breathed out of his own breath. He gave of his own spirit. He was, he was of his nature. And when we get born again, we are of the nature of God. And we are a spirit. That's who we are. We have a soul. And we just happen to live in a body. That this body one day is going to take on immortality, hallelujah, and be glorified and never suffer death again. Glory to God. So we have power. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Now, again, seriously, what kind of greater work? Now, some people have surmised that the greater work is that we get people born again and Jesus didn't. Well, that's just not true. Jesus saw salvation. Because when he went to his disciples, he said to them, they knew he was Lord. They called him Lord. But remember in John, uh, I think it's chapter 20, maybe 21, he breathed on them to receive the Holy Ghost. How can they not be born again and receive the Holy Ghost? So he saw the new birth experience after his resurrection. He breathed on his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, and anytime Jesus says something, it happened. So it's not like the Holy Spirit didn't get in them. Well, it came in them. They're born again. Then he said, now, Terry, because he's going to come on you, there's another work. That's called the Spirit coming upon. And the evidence of that is you'll speak in the language of the kingdom. It's just the kingdom language. That's all it is. But it's powerful. I said it's powerful. Okay? So we have power. 
So he says, in greater works. So what's the greater works? Well, you understand, the, Jesus housed all of the Holy Ghost. So wherever he went, that was the work of God. But now he distributes it to his body, which is a little Jesus, 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 meaning you're in Christ. You have the master key, and you can unlock the master key box, and now you can uh, uh, lay hands on the sick, and you can cast out devils, and you can speak in new tongues, and you can raise the dead, and you... No longer does the world have to run to the one man in the earth. Now, any of us, by the direction of the Holy Ghost, can do the work because we have the same keys Jesus had. And Jesus says, I will give you. Now, here's the thing about giving, right? Chris, here, I want to give this to you. That's the difference. He's got to come get it. And we're not getting the keys because we're not going to the Word. We're not studying the Word. We're not renewing our mind to the Word. And we want Jesus to show up and give it to us without any effort. It's not going to happen. In fact, you didn't even get born again without effort. Now, I understand it's not works, but again, you have to at least admit that when you realize, man, I'm just a sinner. I'm, I'm going to die and go to hell, man. I'm, I'm, I'm filthy rags. I'm, I'm going to be eternally judged. And I know it. But Jesus, how do you get salvation? Because by all rights, he's already put the blood on the mercy seat and forgiven you. It's done. But why isn't everybody born again right now? Because they got to come receive what's given. They have to do the effort in faith, meaning there's an acknowledgement in your heart and a confession with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. He came, he died on the cross, rose from the grave. He's the Lord of my life. I repent of my sin. That is faith in action. That's you receiving what has already been given long before you even were born. But if you don't do that part, you don't get born again. And yet we know this about salvation, but yet we act like God has to heal us independent of us. You know, um, provision to do what God's called. He's going to have to get it without our part. If he wants me happy, he'll make me happy. If not, I'll be depressed, you know. By faith, you access these things. First, you've got to know that they're accessible. Many believers don't even think they're accessible. They think the only thing accessible now after they get born again is heaven when they die. And that the rest of it, we're all doomed to it. This is just who we are because we're just sinners saved by grace. No, you were a sinner. You've been saved by grace through faith. Now you are a believer. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believer. Man, we got a gift that I'm a believer. And I'm a believer that has a right by my king, Jesus Christ, to access keys of the kingdom and do works that he did in my life and those around me. And again, these aren't keys where we're coming at our own whim, doing it when we want to do it. We're led by the Spirit. I'm not preaching that you become God without God. 
I'm preaching that you are always listening to heaven's will. And he says, take this key and do this. And you say, yes, sir, I'll take that key and go do it. It's power. Next thing it represents is freedom. Keys represent freedom. Because, again, you have the freedom to come and go. You're not waiting. When you go home tonight, you don't have to wait for me to come and let you in. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I had to wait for my wife one day. We had an all-staff meeting, and we were with all of our employees and had a great evening. And I had taken my keys out because, you know, they're, they're kind of big, and I don't like them in my pocket anyway. So I threw them on the table, and the next thing you know, we took everything off, and we were just going all over the place. And it was just pandemonium. And then my wife was heading out the breezeway, and I was all packed up going, I'm like, um, I got to go back and get my keys. She said, okay, I'll see you at the house. And I went and couldn't find them. I'm asking people, where's my keys? And I'm thinking, I guess I'm sleeping on my couch here in my office now. So finally, Pastor Mike, my associate, called my wife and says, Pastor, can't find his keys. You wouldn't happen to have them, would you? Yep. You know where it's at? The black hole. That's a woman's purse. <laughs> It got sucked into that black hole. Somebody tossed it in there. Whether she knows it or not, I cannot confirm or deny whether she knew that or not at this point. It's not been disclosed. <laughs> All I know is that she was halfway home, and we live 30 minutes from the, uh, from the church. So she's, I'm, I'm, I'm turning around. I'm turning around. So I didn't have the freedom to leave. Because I didn't have my keys. Now I stuck. I was waiting on the one who had it. But see, if I had had my keys, then I wouldn't have been waiting on her for 15 minutes. In fact, it wouldn't have been 30 minutes at that point because I searched 15 minutes before we called because she got 15 minutes away before we called her. Which I guess by that's 30 minutes by the time she got back. So I was in bondage. <laughs> All right. So keys represent freedom. John 8, 31 to 32 says, if you continue, and that's a conditional statement. If you continue, not you continue because you're born again. Being born again doesn't make you continue. All right, we don't have time to preach that. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the and the truth will make you, see, truth makes you free. The reason why freedom comes is because you access keys. You're like, well, okay, I know what to do about this because I have the key of heaven. Heaven's talked to me. I know what to do. Heaven talked to me during COVID. I knew what to do. The world didn't like what I did, but I knew what to do. And I did what God said, despite the world, despite what they wanted to say. I, I've talked to the king about, uh, well, I'll wait till I get to it. I'll wait till I get to it. Okay. Um, just talk to heaven is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I'm not here to follow the world's way of doing stuff. John 8, 36. So if the Son makes you free, you will be what? Free indeed. And it seems as though God gives us a key that we're willing to unlock ourselves, so to speak, but never come out. Right? A lot of reason why that is because sometimes we've been in prison 
with something in our life for so long that when the truth shows up, it opens the door. We won't even step out. And you know what we do to justify it? Well, I don't want to bother the Lord. He has so many more things important than, than my little. Well, if that was not, if, if, if God was not concerned about little petty details, then he definitely wouldn't be taking the time to count how many hairs on your head. He would not be doing this. But yet he knows that. Right? He knows that. And I understand that. Okay? So whom the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And listen, freedom is not at the point of salvation. That is deliverance. Now, what do I mean by that? Just look at the Israelites. The Israelites are completely made free. They go through the Red Sea on dry ground. They get to the other side. And just so God lets them know that they'll never have to fear their former ruler again he allows him to be killed in front of their eyes they didn't wander wilderness wondering is pharaoh coming because they saw him coming they were afraid they were going to die then god delivers them through on the other side then if he just would have closed it and he'd have stayed on the other side if they would have went in the wilderness and and they know that aren't they'd have been stressing forever that he's made a way but the Lord's like, I killed him in the, I killed him. He, he's dead. He, he can't bother you. No. And yet we act like the devil's coming up, resurrecting out of the doggone water. He has whipped and stripped him of all of his power. But here is a nation by all rights. Now here's, get this. They are free by all rights. They're no longer slaves to Egypt. They have all the spoils of Egypt. In fact, the Bible says there was not a feeble one among them. They were actually all healthy. And the wealthiest nation instantly, within a 24-hour period. But they were still slaves in their mind. Because they wouldn't change their thinking when they go into a land that God says, I've given it to you. I already have a key for you to conquer it. They said there's giants and we're grasshoppers. In essence, I still see myself as the sorry sinner. I'm unworthy. I can't do it. I can't accomplish. And the Lord's already said, I got this. Now, you're going to grab a sword. God does his part. They didn't take Jericho. God did not give them Jericho without them. He brought the wall down. They couldn't, but they had to kill who was inside. See, the wall didn't collapse and kill everybody on the inside, and they were, like, taking the rocks off and just dragging the dead out. They went in, and in that warfare, you understand, they're, like, watching the sword go inside their body. I know I'm being a little graphic right now. I apologize. And they're seeing the person's eyes, and they're hearing them scream and all that. And they, it's not like they don't have weapons themselves, but yet they don't get hurt. Why? Because God protected them. So he did his part, but they had to do their part, and they took the most fortified city in the whole promised land. In essence, every other community after this one is jump change. 
And this is how God is. He follows this pattern. I mean, he did it with Jesus. Jesus, go out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, conquer him, everything else is chump change. Right? We're like, I don't want to get in some big battle. It's chump change. I'm telling you, some of the stuff you've already done, everything else is chump change. It's chump change anyway because you conquered it the first time. And it's the same thing that you use to beat that. It's the same faith you're going to use no matter how many zeros are behind it now. No matter what report shows up, you already know how to do it. You've conquered. But they had slave mentality. They did not allow the freedom, the truth that they were a delivered nation, truly set them free. But we got to do better than that. When we get these truths of life, that's the truth. That's where freedom is because this key gives me that. Romans chapter 8, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Well, now, brother, you know, we just, you know, we sin. It happens. We do it. We don't have to. Now, I'm not saying we don't because everybody blows it. I get it. I don't have a problem with that. But some like, man, I, you know, I, I sin like every day. And I'm like, that's a problem. That's really a problem if you're sinning every day. That is a real problem. That means you don't know who you are. I made the statement one time. I said, you know, it's, it's been so long since I've committed a sin, you know, where I've had to repent. I mean, it's been a very long time. And they were like shocked at that statement. But again, if you're following the word, you're living righteous, and he made me righteous, and he gave me the capacity to hear his voice, and if I'm staying close to him in intimacy, then that really should be my everyday life. And then I, can, I know when it's starting to show up or, or, or the temptation to sin is there. I can actually identify that's temptation, and if I take hold of that, it's going to lead to sin. So I'm going to let that go. Right. I know if, you know, uh, a, a great discussion begins to happen between me and my wife, whether or not I'm going to get over into the flesh and I can shut that down before it happens. Because he's given me a key of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which means I don't have to subject myself anymore to sin. The Holy Ghost in me is like, where are you going, man? You know better than this. Don't do this. I got a fruit down here. Let me pull this fruit up. Patience. You got it. Yeah. I got a fruit up here. Let me give it to you. It's called self-control. Just, just hold your tongue, son. Just hold your tongue, bro. Don't say it. Don't say it. Just eat this right now. Some of you need to do that, you know, when you get in that situation, you just go. What's going on? Self-control. I'm eating it in the spirit right now. <laughs> And you want me to finish it. <laughs> and you want to finish it, right? Because we want to live righteously. We want to live this way. Hallelujah. Now, being angry is not sin. Because Jesus was angry without sin. I think a lot of times when we see anybody in some emotion, especially if it's not like what we think, then we think they're in sin. But the reality is God has every emotion we have. Do you understand God has jealousy? which means that's actually a good thing. Now, there can be a bad jealousy, don't get me wrong, but with, he's a jealous God. And that means he can be jealous righteously. He can be in anger righteously. That's okay. He can be grieved righteously. Revelations 1, 5 and 6 says it this way. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, he... 
who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and father to him, be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Aren't you glad he released us from our sin? We're free. We're free people. Key represents authority. He said this in Matthew 28, 18, and 19. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. This word authority means the power of authority or its influence. It's the right uh, and of right. It is a privilege, right? It's the power of rule or government. The power of him who will, whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. Delegated power or influence. This is number four. Keys represent authority. So again, he's delegated authority to us. So when he says go, that's in his power. It's in his authority. We're doing it on his behalf. It's not what we're doing. It's what he told us to go do. He told you to come to Valdosta. He's told you to do a work in Valdosta. He's authorized you. And there's not a devil in hell, and there's not a person carnal or fleshly that can stop you at all. Can't happen. You can do the will of God. Doesn't mean you won't have resistance, but you still are authorized. Again, I can go into Walmart down here, and I have access. I have freedom, okay? Uh, I have um, uh, some power as a customer i can walk into the store i can pull items off the shelf right i can pay for them that's legal right i can use their bathrooms but there are other places that say um employees only which means i don't have access there i do not have the freedom to walk in there i actually don't have the power even though i'm strong enough but i don't have the power to tell people who can go in there and who can't, and I sure don't have the authority to walk in it. Right? So we have to understand what our authority is with God because the minute we know what he's allowed us to have authority in, then we can dictate that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 23, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above. How far? Far. Far above all rule. And authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. That's just not the names of kings, the names of presidents, the names of prime ministers. This is the names of sickness and diseases. This is the name of any name that an expert could give. You have a name above all that. All right, authority. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. Where are the feet located? In the body. And the body of Christ is the church. So again, those things are subject to you. You have authority under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and then jump down to verse 20. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's why when the world shuts down and starts quarantining everybody and tells everybody you can't go anywhere, I go and I say, but I'm authorized to go. So there's going to be a way I can go. Oh, man. And let me tell you something, you can shut down the airports. You need to get this, saints, because when you have the keys of the kingdom, you have transportation the world doesn't have. They can shut down a boat, they can shut down a plane, they can shut down vehicles, but they can't shut down translating. We know this took place 
Philip was translated. God didn't need man's approval of transportation, which means you can get into a country without having to go through security, get your passport stamp. You can get straight to the building. You could preach the gospel, and God pop you out of there and get you back to where you need to be. Now he said, that's crazy. That's Star Trek stuff. This is Bible stuff. Philip was like, boom, I'm gone. And he was translated somewhere else. Are you hearing me? Now, God's not told me to believe for a translation. I just know they're available. And all I'm saying is I have access to it. If he says, son, open up the key box. Yes, sir. I need you to go to India. Man, they've got that thing shut down. Son, you're going king class. That's above business and first class. It's king class. It's like, Pastor Jay, how you doing? How did you get here, Pastor Earl? I mean, hold on a second. Okay. No jet lag, nothing, man. It's going to be like, wow. It's, it's plausible. I mean, it's more than plausible. It's absolutely doable. Right? North Korea. Yeah, they don't care if they shut it down. We can say, you said to go into all the world. You said to go. Now, all you got to do is get God to authorize you to go to that place. And if you stay fervent enough and say, oh, Lord, I got to get in. And if his will from heaven is that you need to do that, he'll pop you over there. He can get you. He can get you through security. I mean, you understand a translation could be, I've not been vaccinated. I don't have a vaccine passport, but God told me to get on this plane. And I'm on this plane now. Now I'm in this country. And they're going to want to give me a shot. And here I am in line. All of a sudden, you're on the other side. And you look at your passport, and it's been stamped. Now, I'm not saying God did it without you, because you'll entertain angels unaware. It's amazing how they can do stuff. I'll never forget when I went into Africa. I went to uh, uh, Nigeria for the first time, and I had some stuff, you know, some Christian. What's their Christian nation anyway? I mean, half of it is, okay? A good majority, the lower part, southern and the northern is not. Um, but, you know, they have had challenges getting things through, and I had a bunch of books that I was bringing because I was preaching at a conference. First time ever there, went by myself. First time I ever, I had to go by myself. I mean, I didn't know nobody, nothing. You know, Sandra, like, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost a lot is what I'm saying. Praying in the Holy Ghost a lot. So I gave them my stuff, got through. They went to check my bags, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they went to, uh, they didn't, the lady never checked it. It got stuck there, but it didn't. And the woman's like, hey, you, come on. Uh, uh, you come on through, right? And so I started to go, you know, all of a sudden. And I grabbed my bag. And she's like, hey, we haven't checked this bag. And she said, aren't you preaching at a conference somewhere? I said, yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay, you're good. And I was through. Then I was looking for the next person. <laughs> my driver <laughs> and founder. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not. I'm just saying I'm through. Hallelujah. Got to get you through. I think my wife has to put, my God has to put, um, um, fingerprints on my wife when we go to India because she used bleach so much they're about gone seriously it's crazy you have to do the little glass thing now and it, they can't pick up her fingerprint and we can't get her in half the day it's like that's 30 minutes man we're just trying to get a fingerprint just trying to get a fingerprint man it's crazy you know but they finally get through praise God I'm not saying it's supernatural I'm saying they find them 
Um, but, you know, it's difficult. I'm just saying you can get in places that got to do stuff, right? Because of authority. Verse 20 says, And he went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Keys represent control. This one blows your mind, but it's true. Let's just read it. It gives you control. Okay? And you understand, God gave you the control. God gives you the control. Just like he can say, put this in your GPS. This is where we're going. Now follow me and my voice. And you know as well as I do, you'll need to stop and want to get you a Krispy Kreme or a Crystal's Burger or a Starbucks or something. And if you don't turn that thing, you know what happens. You'll pull off and all of a sudden it'll start talking to you. Now you need to go here and give you the reroute. It'll reroute you because, again, wants you to get back on course. And sometimes you're like, I know I'm going to deviate, or you know what, I'm going to go this way instead, and you'll cut it off and start going your own way. And you can do that because at the end, you're controlling where the vehicle's going even though you've been given direction, okay? But if you'll actually do what he says, then you'll actually control what he is saying gets done. You'll do your part. Look at this. Keys represent control. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 through 14. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of the Lord. Now they're fighting. They're cutting them up. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a big battle. He said, oh, son, stand still. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down. For about a whole day, there was no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man. When the Lord listened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. So they were co-laboring that day. And Israel and Joshua got it. We're not going to be able to finish your will unless we keep the light. And so he said, now God could have said, I'll bring my fire like I did when I took y'all around in the wilderness so it's not required. But in this case, he said, I'll partner with you, Joshua. Let's do that. And it listened. Are you hearing me? Let's go on. Matthew 8, 25, 27. They came to him. And woke, say, woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. And the men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves, seas, obey him? Now, we don't apply this scripture to the one we read already, which is the works that I do, even greater works you'll do. The works that I do... He will do and even greater works. The works I do, he will do and even greater works. So when a hurricane shows up in Florida, I start asking heaven. What do I do? Because I have written record of how my king speaks to storms. And all I need to know, can I have the key to control its direction? And he's given me that key more than one time where he said, say this. 
I'll never forget when I think it was Hurricane Iris, I think it was. He said, say it'll fall apart in Cuba. And I did. Now, they never told us till after the storm had gone to where it went. It came back and said, now, when it hit Cuba, it began to wobble and we saw it. But they didn't report it. Why? This is why the natural won't report it. It's because they don't want to be wrong about something and people still die and give them this kind of like false sense of uh, uh, you know, confidence that they can hang out and stay. It's worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. It's got to be worst case scenario, okay? I get it. You don't want to be wrong and cause someone's lives to be liable. I understand why they do it. But Floridians are like, we'll weather the storm anyway. We don't care what they're saying half the time anyway. I mean, most of them are going to stay there. And they can say, well, that's stupid. That's foolishness. I'm just telling you, that's just how some Floridians are. Like, man, we've been through enough hurricanes. It doesn't matter. You know what? People in Tulsa, same way. Tornado. First time I ever heard a siren go off, man. I'm like jumping and dodging for the doggone bathroom and, and closets. Like, my gosh, man, you can't even see these things. They just pop down all over the place. But people in Tulsa are like, oh, where's it at? They'll walk outside, man. Looking at you like. But I was there for a few years. One go off, you were just, wasn't as big of a deal. Although it killed many people, destroyed many lives. It has done this. I'm just telling you, people will do that. But yet the Lord, if it's his will in those situations, and I ask, because again, at the end of the day, if the Lord's like, son, it's coming, then I'm like, daddy, it's coming. And I'm abandoning, I'm gone. Who am I to not? But if the Lord says, tell it to do this. When um, Matthew came, he said, you, you tell it to stay to the east of Florida. I stayed up all night long speaking to that storm, and it always stayed east. It never made land. Now, I'll just let you know on record, I'm not the only one who got that by the Spirit. I've talked to a few others since then that were like, were you praying that too? See, because dad will find kids who will get a key. Every time I get on a plane, I say, I give charge over this plane for the sake of the kingdom. Now, as Paul was in the ship, and he told them, let's don't go, but, but they did go against what he said. You gave him another key to save everybody. And I give charge over this plane that everyone flying with me is going to be healthy because I'm on this plane. Because it ain't just about me. It is about them, and I'm going beyond me. Now, people can say, well, that's coincidence. Planes have crashed. Cars have gotten in accidents. I mean, I, I use my key because I want to have confidence when I travel. Okay? Control. Mark 11, 13 and 14. Seeing uh, uh, at a distance a fig tree and, the, and leaf, he went and, uh, to see it, and perhaps that he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, uh, for it was not the season of the figs. And he said to them, no one may eat fruit from you again. The disciples were listening as they were passing the next morning. Verse 20, they saw the fig tree withered at its roots. Uh, but remind, uh, reminded, being reminded, G Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you curse withered. And Jesus said to him, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says that this mountain be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them and you and it will be granted you. So he's he is saying, and in Matthew 21, he says, listen, the same thing you did in the fig tree, you can do to the mountain. And he talked to a root, literal plant that actually literally hurt him. This is what I was telling you about why are you concerned about Russia and Ukraine? 
Are you talking to the Lord about what you should say about that territory? Because our nation is saying we're going to put massive sanctions. You know what? The Lord knows how to put sanctions. He can put famine in a land at a word. Cause great calamity. So how do you want us to pray about the land? Because the earth is the Lord's. Now you got to hear from heaven. You just can't be bonding Russia away from Ukraine unless the Lord's giving you that insight. But if he's giving you the insight, make no mistake, as much as you hit the button to crank up your vehicle, you can continue to stand with that key. But we don't think this big. You know why? Because most of our Christianity has been subject to not kingdom, but heaven. When we die, we go there. And we do. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to get to heaven and found out that I could have impacted earth way different for heaven. And you know, good news, we don't. We know now. We know now. And it's not us. It's not us. This is not us doing this. It's us laboring with our king who sits on the throne we're getting active with heaven's realm and heaven's realm is always about saving humanity <sighs> keys represent stewardship or we can say, of the owner's resources that's why in genesis 1 26 says then let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule or have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the sky over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He gave him stewardship, meaning you manage the resource. Psalms 8, 4 through 8 says, What is man that you made, uh, that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the angel, and you've crowned him with glory and majesty. You made him to rule over the works of your hands, and uh, you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all beasts of the field, the birds of heaven, and the fish of the sea, whomever, whatever passes through the paths of the sea. Now, we know Jesus ultimately holds that seat, but so do we because we're in Christ. And it was the seat that the first Adam originally had. Matthew 25, 14 and 15. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and trusted possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one, each according to his own ability when he went on the journey. He gave him uh, stewardship of his resource and God's given us a key, keys represent uh, the ability to manage resource many managers district managers regional managers are doing that today with somebody else's stuff and God's done that with us and when we get the keys it allows us to unlock provision and the last one is keys represents authorization all you got to do is ask in his name. Look what it says in John 14, 4. These are what keys represent. He said, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, we'll qualify that because this is not a magic wand. Right? And I, you know, I, I know the statements that are out there when it comes to word of faith. You know, name it, claim it. You know, blab it, grab it. You know, uh, believe you receive. You need to believe you receive. You know, and they make those statements. But the reality is I can't have a blab to grab until I hear from heaven what to blab. At the end of the day, that doesn't happen. Because a lot of people are putting boats on their refrigerator and confessing them. And the devil will get you a boat. 
Because what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? The devil has given a lot of prosperity to God's kids and kept them out of the will of God. But God has gotten a lot of prosperity to his kids who do his will, and they've done a lot of heavenly good on earth with those resources because they're givers. They're givers. Hallelujah. So again, and, and we'll qualify this here in, in another verse, but he said, if you ask me anything in my name, what did he say? I might. It could happen. I mean, for most of them, but you're, you know, you're that kid. Come on, you know you're that kid. You know what you did. You know I know. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't even remember. He removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> John 16, 23 to 24 Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name, and you will receive, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be made full. Your joy. You know what? It, should, it does. Don't it bring you joy when you ask God for something that you are entitled to based upon birthright? Not based upon sinner right based upon being a child of God, and he comes through and does it, and you're like, wow, look what God did. Oh, wow, it's such a blessing. He loves that you have that joy. But your joy's not in the thing, the healing, or whatever, although that is showing your full joy is that God answered me and did what he said he would do. Because when you ask him anything in the name of Jesus, he'll do it. It's because you know 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything, there it is, same thing that Jesus said in John and the same thing that was said in John 14 and then John 16. If you ask anything, but here's the qualifier that John does in 1 John, according to his will. So again, I'm not asking the Father, I'm not asking the Father in the name of Jesus anything of my desire but of his will. So if I'm saying, Lord, I'm healed. By your stripes, you said I was healed. I put the master key in. I've opened it up. I'm pulling off the healthcare key ring, and I'm running through the keys of the kingdom. And I'm saying, by his stripes, you were healed. And Jesus, uh, um, you know, bore our infirmities and took away all of our diseases. And I just keep flipping through these scriptures that, you know, you healed this woman. And how look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went around doing a healing all who oppressed of the devil. And you healed them all and you delivered them all. And I'm just using the keys, man. Then all of a sudden that healing hits me because I have a right to it as a child of God. Because God doesn't want me sick. He wants me healthy to do his will. To do his will. He's not teaching me nothing through that. What he's doing is he instructs me. We're in a world we can get, we can have symptoms show up, but we don't have to keep them. We can fight the good fight of faith. And again, why is this like so hard for us to believe? Because if people really believed that God was trying to train them something because of sickness, then why did they go to the doctor and get some kind of prescription drug to get rid of it anyway? You're out of God's will. If you believe that, then let God and him alone heal you. Why are you letting man mess up God's teaching? We, we act like, well, God won't heal me, but I'll go to the doctor and take something. 
you're, you're trying to do your own key. Now, I'm not saying that God won't take you to the doctor, because he will. Make no mistake about it. God will slap take you to a doctor. Sometimes he'll take you to the doctor just so the doctor will know that he did it for you, because he's trying to get something to that doctor. But, you know, sometimes we get arrogant in our spirituality, and we're like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'll just believe myself. Listen, if you haven't gotten it pretty quick, you need to go to the doctor and find out what's going on so you can get a key right. And start working with it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a doctor, but I do see a nutritionist. And I'm going to tell you right now, many things happening in people's lives is because of what they eat. And that their diet would change their symptoms. I'm just telling you right now. You know, but a prescription is not going to do what a regiment that's right for you. Because I can't tell you what to eat. We can't do that. You know, this ain't old covenant stuff. You bless your food, man. Drive on. Okay? But what I am saying is some stuff you say, you know, seems like every time I eat that fried chicken, I just feel a little bit heavier. You know? It's like it's harder for my blood to go through my arteries. Well, it may be time to get a little leaner with the chicken. That's all I'm saying, and, and fry it, you know, a couple times a year, not every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you got to ask God is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, you got to ask God. Because here's the thing. If I hear according to his will, he says this, if I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. And I'm going to tell you this, that's even with things that have tried to bind us. Lord, I know it's your will that I don't live by the flesh. So give me keys to help me lock my flesh up. Not every key you're coming of the keys of the kingdom are to loose God's blessings on you. Some of these keys are to lock the things that stop the will of God for your life. Give me the key of the kingdom that strengthens me so that lust does not rule in my life. And every time I get on my phone or I get somewhere here and there, that I have capacity to pull that key out and lock that thought up. Take it captive is what the Bible says. So there are some keys of the kingdom that are there to help you lock up thoughts that you need to take captive that you've let run rampant in your life. So in closing, it's what we're going to do tonight. This is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. That some now know Exactly how they need to say, speak, and act. Some now know how much they actually possess the ability and that they don't have to wait on me anymore. It's time for them to activate their keys. To activate their keys. So, in a, in a response of, and come, we don't even know what this is. Right, so do not assume that this means everybody's coming to lock stuff up. Some are coming to unlock stuff. But in a sign, just like in our natural keys, 
When we take that key, we go to the object to be able to insert it, push it, whatever, so that we can unlock. Your spiritual exercise is going to be demonstrated in you coming to the altar tonight. You coming down and saying, now I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll do this action, because again, you can sit in a chair all you want to, but it's no different than me saying, hey, I got this for you. If you never get out of your seat, you don't get it. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. It's an action for you. Sometimes you just got to take that step because the Lord knows you're serious. All right? This is your action step saying, you know what? There's a key I realize that I possess in this now. Because for some of you, the scripture's running. You know how you're supposed to deal with this. But you've been asking God to do it for you. And the Lord's like, I've given you the key. Now it's your time. It's your time to activate. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you, things would be different tonight because of that. Tonight because of that. This is a very supernatural move. Because when I received the key of healing, I recognized the key of the kingdom that I could be healed. Every Thanksgiving, I was always sick. Every Thanksgiving, without fail, year after year after year. Just common cold, flu, whatever. It took my appetite. Didn't feel great. So always around the Thanksgiving holiday, just was half engagement. Always was either going in or coming out of something. Then I realized I can bind that sickness off and unlock healing so that this is not repetitive. And now I can't even, I've not had a time ever on a Thanksgiving that I can't come and go as I please because I know where that key is and I know how to keep things moving in the right direction. So I'm telling you, it's a marker. I used the key more than once, often. Used it during COVID. Sure did. Got the symptoms, lost the taste and the smell. But within a couple of days, got it all back. As if it was never in my body. Couldn't stay. Couldn't live. And it sure couldn't take me out of the earth because my purpose demanded me to be here. I pulled keys. I spoke. I activated my faith. And it was what he did for me. I get it. It was in his key box. But he authorized me to access it. And I worked with him. And man, what a result. I said, what a result. So if I ask you today, tonight, you say, Pastor Earl, I see that now. I've got the keys of the kingdom. Now, you don't maybe know what all of them are, but you can get to where you can know them more and more and more. And we'll keep collecting keys. But I realized tonight some things I need to do. Would you come? Would you get up and come right now? Say, Pastor Earl, I'm going to do that right now. Just get up and move. Come down to the altar. Now, I can't tell you what else the Lord would do. He may want me to speak some things over some people. He may want me to lay hands on some people. I'm not sure. But whatever it is, we'll just go with the Holy Ghost right now. Some time that we want to minister to Him, seek Him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, you just begin to speak to the Lord yourself about that, okay? You carry on conversation with God. 
you talk to him about what it is that you realize now, man, I got I have a key of the kingdom. You're unlocking heaven's dominion to influence your earthly situation. Or you are binding on earth things that have tried to hinder heaven's uh, realities to come to pass. You're like, I'm locking that down once and for all. Go ahead and speak to him a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.